Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Book Wars Pod. This is where the fun begins. I am Chris. I'm here as always with Miranda, Rana, and Kristen. And we're here to talk about everyone's favorite blue boy. He's actually blue this time. It's big, big if true. <laughs> big blue energy. Yes, we are indeed talking about uh, the Thrawn Ascendancy. Oh, Thrawn, right. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) She said Hondo. Welcome to Book Wars Pod featuring Rana and Kristen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's just Kristen there right now. Sorry. Welcome to Blue Boys Pod. Go, Kristen. It's just you monologuing about Blue Boys. I know. I didn't even read this week, so, you know. I'll catch up, but uh, we are reading Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising <laughs> from the start of the book through chapter five. There it's you go. It's Monday. Can you tell Quick, it's Monday? Quick, pop quiz, since it's not in the outline. Who's it by? Uh, Tim's on. Tim's on. That was not Oh, sorry. Was that for Kristen? You did not specify. She did get it. I got it. <laughs> got it. I'm she here. did get it. It's fine. I know one thing. Uh, She's been producing. Not like actual children, sorry, geeks. (laughs) I'm really tired. Why do we record at 9 p.m.? This is what happens. Sorry. This is true. No, I'm kidding. I'm very happy for you. I want everyone to have fun. 8.30 in Colorado, but we forgot to do our homework. (laughs) No, you're good. It's actually on me. Also, like, 9 p.m. is not a late time for 99.9% of adults at school. But to start an activity, it is. I was was doing, like, a Zoom with... A friend of mine from college, and she was like, "All right, well, it's time to go to bed." And she's like a notoriously like early to bed person. Um, Miranda and Kristen, you know this individual. Uh, and I looked at my clock, and and she's on the East Coast, and I looked at my clock, and it said seven fifteen, and like forgot about the time difference for a second. Was still like, "Yeah, that tracks." <laughs> it does. We still love it. Uh, anyway, before we talk about Blue Boys, I should have like bought some like blue curacao or something to make thrawn themed drinks oh that'd be fun hurricane for next week <laughs> just get like a bottle of hypnotic yes <laughs> throw what back. could go wrong <laughs> nothing <laughs> uh what are we all drinking keeks we're starting with you we're gonna switch it up today great um well today i have a really confusing um beer can um it's really chaotic <laughs> Uh, I took a video of it, and maybe we'll put it on the Instagram. Um, but, like, p- some of it's upside down. It says, <laughs> brewed and bottled b- by Captured by Porches at Boring Beer and Wine Tap Room. Um, full pint variety barley, Amarillo hops, yeast, water. Um, and it tells me that it's vegan. And then it also, <laughs> there's also a bunch of stuff. I'm going to read it. Um, Blade, D-R-W-G, I... I Blade Drog Fresh Hop IPA is made using copious amounts of freshly picked strata hops, wet and sticky from the field. 
This beer is bigger on the inside. Hops are the little wolf, uh, humulus lupulus, uh, as the binds strangle other plants, and the leaves have the shape of a wolf's head. Enjoy it with a companion. Blade Drog is Welsh for bad wolf. Oh, I got it now. Uh, this beer can only be made once a year, so run. Don't blink. You'll miss it. Serve with jelly babies or maybe a banana. Bananas are good. Bananas have potassium. Well, it, that's what I it says on this beer can. Okay, so that is the nerdiest fucking <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my goddamn life. I am here for anything with wolves and anything that has like a fun little linguistic tie-in. So I'm that yeah. is Doctor Who shit posting. The, um, anyway, t- shout out, shout out to uh, my friends who just got married this weekend. They got me this for my birthday last week. So this was part of like the birthday care package. So I haven't even had one yet. So I'm very excited for this uh shit post nerdy beer with upside down uh text etc it really feels like they should have like contacted netflix to do some sort of like endorsement deal with the witcher <laughs> that feels like it would have well it would have fit that. you know that's really interesting i know i have previously shit talked fresh hop beers on this podcast that's probably the best one or the one that i've liked the best so yum um, anyway, that, that oh, can was, I, can long. I go next to, yeah, sure. Kinda. That was lo- long winded. That was a real throwback just, to a long winded beer pod. <laughs> I am also drinking a fresh hop beer, which is why I ask, I've got a Zego house fresh hop Kolsch, which is a Kolsch style ale. It also has a long bitch. So I'm going to read out loud. Um, during our brewmaster's studies in Berlin, he and his fellow Braumeisters to be uh, took a bus pour to visit too many German breweries to count. Oh, the stories. The Kolsch beers that he had in Cologne were a true inspiration on that trip. Zogelhaus Fresh Hop Kolsch was brewed the same as in Cologne with all German malts and yeast. This Fresh Hop version has a massive blast of Tettninger hops from our friends at Goshi. Farms in the whirlpool we fermented slow and cool with the authentic Kolsch yeast strain brought back from brewmaster studies in Germany, crisp with lightly fruity aromas and that oh so special aroma and flavor of fresh hops. It's a year round sessionable German style ale with that once a year freshly harvested hop experience. Retweet if you're lightly fruity. I'm more than lightly fruity. But this is a very good beer, and I would recommend. Ron, are you beer today? Um, I am consuming beer. It hasn't quite become my entire genetic makeup, but maybe <laughs> um, almost by the end of the pod. Right, it's a it is a larger can. I am drinking a jalapeno Mexican lager. If you know me, you know I love a pepper drink. I wouldn't describe it as spicy. It's more like a nice, like fresh pepperiness. Uh, it's delicious. Probably would have been better. Like a month ago, but uh, not that it's like old, but you know, in the summer, but I was saving it and it looks very tasty and I'm excited. It's by Spice Trade Brewing and I've had a couple other beers by them. They're pretty good. Where is this? Oh, it's from Greenwood Village in Colorado. What else do you want to know? This refreshing Mexican lager is infused with fresh jalapeno peppers. A delicate balance of spice and jalapeno flavor make this drinkable on its own and perfect for food pairings. Yeah, it probably would be good with food, but here we are. Uh, 5.1% alcohol, 30 IBU, and it's a uh, it's a tall boy at 16 ounces. So, yeah, that's my, that's my beverage. We love a tall boy. Me. You know who's a tall boy? Thrawn? Thrawn. <laughs> okay, I was, I was like, like <laughs> I don't remember his height. 
It's like I, I assume he's big. It probably oh, says, and I've probably forgotten. Keeks with the sound bite. Chris, I'll pass it over to you. Um, I'm still not drinking beer just because I've been too lazy to go buy beer. Um, but I am drinking scotch again, so that's a thing. Um, as I hold it up for the camera that all of you can see, all of our <laughs> listeners. Um, I'm drinking uh, Compass Box Spice Tree Scotch, which I've had on the pod before, but it's very light. It's got like it's got like a bunch of, as you might guess from the name, some like spice flavors, a little bit of pepperiness, you know, all that jazz. Um, really, really smooth, not peaty at all. What's the point of a non-peaty scotch? I, you're not wrong. Is you're not that wrong just about a, that. Is that just a regular whiskey with an e? I mean. Yeah, it's a whiskey that was made in Scotland, so yeah. So it doesn't have the E, but it's just not P-E. Indeed. <laughs> sorry. I'm very sorry I'm like this. I was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm that drunk. What's happening? <laughs> um, it might be a stroke. But yeah, we do love... very niche We do love a peated scotch. This is true, but this is that is not what this one is. Actually, do I even have any peated scotch right now? I don't know that I do. I should fix that. Um, yeah, I guess that's four of us, huh? Funny how that works. Um, all right. So before we get started, sorry, I am out of it today. Uh, before we get started, our organization for this book, after six months of it being Islamic Relief USA. Um, oh, look who's on the wrong network now, Peaks. <laughs> Eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are, since we are finally on a new book, we are also on to a new organization to support, uh, which is going to be the Texas Equal Access Fund. Uh, which is an organization that provides emotional and financial support to people who are seeking abortion care. Uh, and you can find them and donate to them at tfund.org, T-E-A-fund.org. Yeah. Notably not the tea party. Notably and somewhat surprisingly, it's true. But like Loki, tell your friends it is if they're into that shit so that when they donate to the Texas Equal Access Fund. When Keek suggested this group, I was wondering how many people in the early 2000s accidentally gave to them because they were dumb and weren't willing to do, like, the slightest bit of URL entering. Um, and good for their money going to an actual cause instead of their bullshit. So I'm uh, I'm very... I don't know what I'm saying now. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> so I, I just I just typed it in to see if their uh, donation form, like, actually lists abortion or if they're trying to... Uh, just like sneak through and be like, yeah, if you entered T-Fund because you thought it was the Tea Party, donate here. <laughs> but no, they actually do mention abortion uh, front and center. I mean, it's good for, you know, because that it is, which we, we, which we love. But Oh, yeah, no, for, no, for sure. It's fantastic. Love fucking I, Tea Party bros. Exactly. Ted Cruz is like, Arr. Are there still any Tea Party bros or do they all get like absorbed into the terrible, like equally as terrible people? They were always the equally as terrible people. Yeah, that's why but I mean, were equally. I think they just kind of like folded into the regular GOP, yeah. especially like after Eric Cantor mm. lost. Oh, yeah. You know, I forgot about all these people. I'm like, whatever. All useless pieces of human trash. So don't tread on them. <laughs> I laughed, but I was <laughs> muted. I'm sorry. It was, a, it was a very ugly laugh that I did for the record. So you can all just imagine it. It's like, thank you. I feel very supported right now. with my shitty tea party jokes, which is. Very relevant to this podcast about Star Wars books. Um, shall we start with the Kristen question? 
Yeah, I saw her uh, like evil eyeing us for talking so much about non book things. So it's probably a good idea. <laughs> oh, I wasn't evil eyeing you. Do whatever you want. It's Monday. I'm surprised. Resting evil eye face. I'm surprised we got on here to do this. Um, <laughs> Only took us a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, quick plug. Uh, we had Zoraida Cordova on our last episode. Yeah, we uh, did. So Ooh. go listen to that because that was cool and amazing. And I can't believe she said yes to coming on to this podcast um but yes it is it is my time when and where are we who wants to talk about it uh i can um mostly because it's really not clear when we are at this moment but it will be um yes yes i have a question i just raised my hand which is again very helpful to all of our listeners Um, audio medium on this (laughs) audio medium so Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of answering this for you while asking a question, Chris. Mm-hmm. This is sometime, obviously, before the Clone Wars, but do we know when Thrawn actually kind of comes over to the Republic, um, to the galaxy far, far away that we know? The Empire, you mean? Or do you mean in the flashback to Alliances, which was during the Clone Wars? Oh, is he not, like, already? Oh, no, he's on his own ascendancy bullshit for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's where I got confused. Thank you. Yeah, he comes over to the Empire. I don't think we know an exact date, but like Definitely roughly Empire five-ish era. years into the Empire. Like it's it's firmly entrenched as the Empire at that point. Mm-hmm. That and then, you know, sense. he goes through school and learning and all that bullshit. So <laughs> School. Who needs it? Not Thrawn, to be fair. Correct. Um, but yeah, so we are in the where is easier we're in the chaos which is delightfully extra to name your your part of the galaxy is it a separate galaxy no it's the unknown regions okay but they just call it the chaos in the ascendancy and it is very chaotic like isn't this kind of um a collapsing empire situation where like the hyperspace lanes are super fucked up and that's why they have to have the little baby chess skywalkers Yes. So basically, it is a portion of the galaxy, and it is within the same galaxy. It's like the western-ish part of the galaxy, I think, if I'm remembering my fake and in-space galaxy map off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, um, like northwest. Yeah. Um, but it is it is part of the same galaxy, but yeah, it's, it's a part that like basically just is all gravitational anomalies and like moving systems and all this bullshit, so it's very hard to navigate through hyperspace consistently. Um, which is why, as as you said, Miranda, we see this use of, of the Chiss Skywalkers, which is a concept that we heard about in the earlier Thrawn trilogy, but particularly in Thrawn Alliances. Which remains an all-time hilarious thing, where Thrawn is like, what's your name? <laughs> Remember what they made Anakin do? <laughs> do the Skywalker thing, and he was so annoyed. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yes. All right, we're just going to take everybody off the bridge. You're just going to sit here at your computer. It's going to be great. I remember. I know what Keeks is talking about. I have no idea what Keeks is talking about. (laughs) Didn't you read this book, Miranda? Yeah. (laughs) I sure did. I mean, it was Vader. It wasn't Anakin. It wasn't. wasn't, I still don't remember what happened. It was post-Crispy Anakin, but I just still love thinking (laughs) of him as Anakin when he's annoyed. (laughs) Because... Yeah. 
love thinking of him as Anakin because every time you say Anakin, he freaks the fuck out and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can uh, I do a quick sidebar? Is it about Anakin? It is. It is. Okay, then yes. So I, I was watching <laughs> um, A New Hope is the name of that Star Wars movie last night. And, you know, like, it, it's wild to kind of see Tarkin, like, very much address that, like, ah, oh, yes, this is Anakin Skywalker, like, without really saying it. But, like, he addresses that he knows who Vader is when, like, the whole Tarkin book is just, like, this Anakin fucking Skywalker? Seems like a, you know, bitch-ass nerd, so probably he's a pain in my ass. This Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, Tarkin definitely, like, goes from being 99% sure it's Anakin to, like, 110% sure in those, you know, 15 years or whatever. Once, once Vader starts, like, complaining more, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know you. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but, yeah, so we're in the chaos, and we know that we are pre and or at the early stages of the Clone War just because it does not seem that Thrawn's little journey with Anakin has happened yet. Okay. And he introduced himself as Commander Thrawn to Anakin. Good call. I didn't remember that. I mean, I do have, I have the benefit of having read this before. So like, I'm not going to take a ton of credit for that, but. (laughs) Also, that's literally why Chris is on this podcast to be like, actually this military rank and this ship. And uh, actually, will we ever read a book that Chris has not read ahead of time? No. Only if you start, only if we start reading on like release schedule. That sounds like a lot. So no. Yeah, so, so that's a hard a hard pass, <laughs> I think, from all of us. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we did read, um, what was it? Fucking Black Spire mm-hmm. as I was reading it for the first time because I knew I couldn't bring myself to read a Delilah Dawson book twice. Wow. So I just, I didn't read that one when it first came out. <laughs> Once is enough. Um, so if they give Delilah Dawson another book, you can probably count on me not reading that before we talk about it. If, if so do we do we have to read it? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of ifs, and I hope none of them come to fruition. Chris, I have another chess related question for you. That okay? I don't know if you know the answer, but you're you, so there's a good chance. Do we know the um relative like lifespan of, of a chess? chess? We do not. Okay, that's actually a great question that I've never thought of. It seem it just seems longer than humans, based on almost nothing. But like, he doesn't seem particularly old. Where when we see him in other places, like maybe middle aged tops. But um, like in Rebels, in you know the previous Thrawn trilogy, and he's still like, I mean he's a genius, so maybe he's a little more advanced, but you know, in this, when we see him as a commander, um, like that's still, that's a whole ass rank. Like it takes a minute to get there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point. I don't think we do know. Um, we are going to find out in, in some more of these memories flashbacks in the next, you know, several weeks, kind of how quickly he does rise through the ranks. Um, because much as he did during the Empire, where he went from cadet to admiral in like 10 years, um, 
real fast. He is he is going to do that again, although not become an admiral because he always keeps his his family name, unlike Arlani. Okay, is that what happens when? Is that how she lost the family name? Yes. Okay. I don't. I think I think that is made explicitly clear at some point, but yes, that is okay. that is that is the uh, reasoning for her losing her family name. It's like when you get to a certain point, and the same with General, what's his name, Bekeef, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Um, where like once you get to a certain point, you you know you work for the whole for the whole ascendancy as opposed to just your family. Okay, that's that's good. thank you for answering all of my chess questions. Because you're like, so there was, welcome, Miranda. There was a specific line where it was like, oh, and she was part of the family. And I was like, ooh, what the fuck happened here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. we will We will get to the point where, in the memories, where Ziara becomes Aralani. Mm-hmm. But I, and I mean, I don't think this is a spoiler because we see Aralani in, like, held in high esteem. But, like, it's not like she's kicked out of her family. Yeah, there, there's no hard feelings necessarily. Like, it wasn't an ugly divorce there. Yeah, at least no uglier than any other sort of just political maneuvering, which they're messy. That's, that's kind of messy. <laughs> the the little bit of politics we saw here seemed... I feel like it's majority politics, like, in a way that is... Just makes me mad. Like I would have been exiled from this world. I couldn't do it. I would. They would like kill me as a child. Like I. I couldn't do it. They're just constantly. Every single thing is so political and so they're they're not very direct. They're really like indirect community. I hate it. It's my personal hell. It's Can't not it. like moving to the west coast. Hey. <laughs> just yell at people and get it over with. Like, I don't know. It's fine. Um, it's I was trying like to do some light producing, so I like Googled Chiss lifespan to make sure Chris was right, which like he always is about Star Wars stuff. Um, but one of the like people also asked is, How old is my Chiss? And I was like, I what what? <laughs> I'm not gonna look up what they I don't meant by that. Know what that I, I that have feels, an idea that and feels I hope I'm wrong. Sexual and I don't wanna know. <laughs> Um, oh, oh yeah. So I, yeah, it seems like very ancient Rome where like there's the couple big families that kind of run everything. And it's not like oligarchical because it's not super what an oligarchy is, but like there's what nine families and it's the Thrawn family and the other ones whose names I don't remember. Um, but they all have very strong opinions at all times about everything that happens, including like at the academy when somebody did something wrong and they're like, he's cheating. No, I know. And they have like family representatives there. It is, it is bizarre. It's funny that you bring up ancient Rome because I would agree with that, but I would also say that to me, it almost felt like weird corporate politics in a way like it's very like there's poaching involved it's all about potential they'll kick you to the curb if you're too much of a problem like it is this weird like not even game of thrones like aspect to it because game of thrones like is all about the family and we see Mm -hmm. in in at least the first you know quarter or however many sections we divided this book into of this book that it's there are these aspects of, uh, like, there's infighting within the families in a way that, like, if it was all, you know, traditional, like, sci-fi, high fantasy 
blood related families. It's all, you know, it's very, it's very fast and the furious where nothing's more important than family. So <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But there's, there's also, you know, the, the aspect that it's not all like blood family, family by birth. It's like, Hey, here is a really promising chiss. What's person. the singular noun for chiss? Just a chiss? And I'm going to say yes. Chiss. <laughs> he, she, we, chiss. But then, um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but like, it, 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 I mean, and again, I'm going to back my ancient Rome thing up with this, but it's like family is, well, a thing, very much a construct. And it's like, we have identified like somebody who's going to be a good general or admiral. Like here's somebody promising. We fucking want that bitch. And so like we see in this section in one of the, um, the memories that like whatever Thrawn's family name is, the Thrawn's come in and like scoop him up real quick. Like they don't even get through all of the interview process before he gets the job, you know? Well, I find it interesting to see the balance between the family dynamic and then the military over, like, structure, whatever that word would be, because my brain doesn't work. Um, and it's very fascinating how we see all these perspectives from the military people, but then the families who seem to have the most control are still feeling played by the military people. Um, like, when they are deciding to have Thrawn, whatever the right word is, initiated, joined, adopted, whatever within their, I almost said their clan, um, within their family. It's not wrong. Um, very different from, uh, from Haudenosaunee clans. No, it is. Uh, it's very different. I don't know why I said that. Um, but anyways, uh, my point is, it's very interesting how we see the dynamic between the two and how all the military people are like, oh, damn it, we have to go to this trial. And we have to figure this out. We have to work all behind the scenes to get things so that they don't just talk trash amongst each other and blah, blah, blah. I just find it really interesting to see that dynamic of, oh, here are these military people who the families depend on, but also the families are technically in control as sort of like, I don't know, they're they're more than figureheads, but also the military people are keeping them safe and, you know, they have such a high value to these military components that it's really interesting to see the two sort of woven together and really being frustrated with each other's roles. I mean, that's not dissimilar from, you know, our society like you know i feel like the the military folks and what we've seen so far they're like here is the thing and then there's all the fucking political drama among the families yeah i thought that it like had a lot of echoes of mandalore without being like so similar which is like with mandalore it's obviously like family and military and all of that shit is like all smushed together um (laughs) But this, like, when I heard you guys talking about it, I was like, yeah, this sounds like Mandalore if they were to, like, try to, like, separate the family stuff from the military stuff and that it would just still want to be together. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it is, it is really interesting to see this dichotomy because, you know, on the one hand, you have all the families that are, like, rivals with each other, but also you see them, like, all coming together to like try to take power away from the military. But at the same time, like we've gotten hints and we're going to get more about like the Chiss use of military power. And like what we've gotten so far is that like, you know, preemptive strikes are bad. And we knew that from uh, the earlier Thrawn trilogy of that was his excuse for why he got exiled. 
uh, when he first left the uh, ascendancy and joined the empire is that, you know, the, the ascendancy didn't like preemptive strikes, which, you know, we then found out it's not entirely true, but it does seem like that's the case in the ascendancy. But also, like, based on how the Chiss interact with their neighbors and, like, when they, you know, when to, like, attack the the Patatus, um, the potato planet, I just... There's some oh, I just very a, weird names in this I thought of it as, book. like, a space ratata. Ooh, interesting. I like it. Um, Sorry, that was a disruption. <laughs> <laughs> um... But then, but like it, it does seem like the Chiss like military strategy is like okay, if we go in, we go all in. Like we have we have two modes, and those modes are yes and no. Zero and a hundred. Yeah. Real quick. See, I think my question about the the relationship between the the families and the political infrastructure and the military would be kind of on the military side. Like we see mostly in Aralani, that, like, I'm assuming most of them come from these families. Like, it, it seems very much like a society where you need to kind of be in the right place and have the right connections to make it anywhere. And if you're solid enough as, like, a military person, like we see with Thrawn just getting adopted into a family, like, that's got to be part of it. But what happens when you get up to the upper echelons of said military which is going to be the leadership and, you know, the ones making all the decisions about, like, or advising on the decisions, at least, about, like, do we go for this? Are we going to be zero or 100? Like, what's their relationship to that kind of political, sociopolitical family thing? Like, how effective are they at severing their ties with their past? Yeah, definitely. And it is kind of to expand on that, and come back to a point that we made earlier about Aralani. It is interesting that like all of this is about all right, you know who, which of these young people are going to uh, come back uh, and uh, bring like which of these young people are going to re- make a return on our investment essentially. Like who's going to make our uh, our family shine and bring us glory? And yet there is a point when they get high enough that they aren't even associated with the family anymore. So that's. that's there's just there's there's just a lot of weirdness up in here. I don't know. I I don't. I obviously have not read this book, nor have I read. I don't know how much. Of not the even is the first <laughs> part that we had to read for today. I'm just making shit up and like hoping nobody notices. It's kind of like college when nobody reads the reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but I I I want to know like how much we get to see it, that explored, and y- you know maybe this isn't the. Um, why, why is the only word I can think of venue? This might not be the right story to explore that, because, like, there's obviously pressing issues. Somebody attacked the planet, etc. We don't have time to analyze, you know, how deeply Aralani feels about not being what's-her-face anymore. Yeah. But it could be fun. I'm very curious to get a view, and, and I don't know if this is something that I should remember from past Thrawn books, which honestly I have erased from my brain because I think I was like 10 when I read them, um, or if this is something that we'll get later in the book. But I want to know about all the people on the planet who don't belong to the major families and aren't super military adjacent. Um, 
like we know Thrawn comes from a family like that. And I'm just very curious to know what life is like for these majority of the people while everyone else is controlling all this shit, you know? I'm willing to bet it's not great. Oh, yeah, no, I got that part. (laughs) Nothing's great for anyone in Star Wars, to be fair. But, yeah, no, I'm sure it'll be awful and, like, you know, some sort of serfdom or something. But I'm just very curious to read that perspective. I'm thinking, like, again, kind of common folk in ancient Rome or, like, anybody in Russia in the 90s, you know? It's like it's a bad situation. Yeah, it's that's a really good question, Rana, and we're not going to get it in this book. Um, but we are going to get it in the second, uh, the second book in this series, Greater Good. Um, it does kind of dive Ooh, into a few characters know. who are lesser members or members of a lesser family. Yeah, I think, and I if do I'm remembering lo- that right. I do love that. Like, there. I mean, obviously, we know there's like the big families, right? But there's definitely a hierarchy because when I think it's Bucky looks at Thrawn's shit when he's like baby Thrawn. It's like, I have never fucking heard of this family before. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, you know, it seems like Thrawn's a very backwater kind of guy in chess society. The artist formerly known as Vubron. <laughs> exactly. See what I did there? I do. It's it pretty great. Yeah, no, we okay. got the joke. It just it was okay. Wasn't. Do you funny, need me to explain the joke to you, y'all? <laughs> no, As someone who explains <laughs> every joke. I got to say, now I know what it's like for everyone to interact with. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was at a bar earlier, and, like, they had a bomb-ass playlist, and I just perked up for my drink, and Raspberry Beret was playing, so, like, Worst things that's have a happened, sidebar. For sure. About the artist formerly known as Vuron. I laughed at that joke. <laughs> I on mute. I was on mute, but I did laugh. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for the validation. I appreciate it. Um, That's why I'm here. So let's talk about hashtag baby Thrawn. Baby Thrawn. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's like, we... It Fair. Is. Anyone who listens to this pod who has kids is now immediately turned off the pod and never listening again. Yeah. God, if somebody... I think somebody's like has previously told us, and I don't remember who it was but said that they were, like, listening in the car with, like, one of their kids. And I was like, A, that's a terrible idea. But B, if you did that again, your child is now screaming the Baby Shark theme song. (laughs) And I am, for that, I am sorry. Were you singing the Baby Shark song on the pod? No, but, like, like if they were just now. Oh, okay. When I made Baby Shark the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm tired. That is okay. How many uh, times do we need to have a counter of how many times I say I'm tired every single recording because it's like over 10? Could be a fun drinking game. It's true. Not while driving. That's, that's dangerous. Not while driving. Oh, my. oh, I meant like while recording. No, I know. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Please listen is, responsibly. That's true. We could all drink every time that also we all very have dangerous. It would probably be more entertaining for listeners if we did that. No. Okay. I just thought we were all awkward and. No, I'm, I'm very We're awkward. just as awkward drunk as we are, so really, let's be honest. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. I feel like the three of us already treat this podcast as a drinking game, so. Do we? I'm doing this wrong. Do you drink it? I mean, just because I'm always <laughs> drinking. Do you drink it? That is my question I here drink at the pod. I'm sorry that I'm wheezing instead pod. of laughter. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to my lungs. Anyway, 
Thrawn is a blue boy. Thrawn Once upon a time, boy. he was a small blue boy. It's true. <laughs> I like how this Yoda, is slowly rhyming. Smaller. I'm going to mute before we turn into a rap group. Jesus. <laughs> Incredible. For the record, I love rap. I just can't think of the word for, I don't want to say a quad for four people. Quartet. What's our singing group? Quartet. Quartet. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. And that's why I was like, I'm going to go on mute rather than saying whatever this is. And instead, I just embarrassed myself because let's be honest, I have have no shame about podcasting. So blue, it's all blue. I don't think they call them quartets in rap. (laughs) No, they don't. But that was the joke. (laughs) We're also clearly not hip hop artists, though. No, it's a it's a quartet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, that sounds completely right. I knew there I've was a word, CNN and I was documentaries. like, four, 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 quad, blank. <laughs> now I'm just imagining Thrawn in a barbershop quartet. And it's, <laughs> oh it's God, I don't sure. think he. You know, for all of his like military brain things, I bet he can't sing. I bet he has no rhythm. I bet he can't dance. Bullshit. Well, maybe. no, because no, people who think they can dance because they understand the math of rhythm cannot dance. No, but that's not his thing. He ar- he has an artistic brain. I think he has perfect pitch, but he can't sing. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Excellent. Peaks <laughs> completely accurate. Uh, amazing. Like, I don't have a lot of things to say about Baby Thrawn, but do 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 do. Jesus, young I'm adult so Thrawn. Sorry. Young adult Thrawn is still, like, very into art history already, which one. <sighs> Wait, I'm sorry. Did I miss something? Why is he really into art history? He's always been into art history. Hey, I don't think he's talked about art yet. <laughs> like, did I miss Oh, I chapter? think somebody else, like, said something about him wanting to, like. Probably. Look at shit. So I, I yeah. just kind of yeah, maybe inferred that. Yeah. I will say, literally, the next chapter that we're going to read, the, the Memories 4 whatever chapter, involves uh, Thrawn at an art gallery. So, yes. So, maybe Burb read ahead. I did not read ahead. Somebody said something. Somebody said something, and I used no, my I knowledge you. of I, Thrawn. Honestly, I read this while watching Three Crazy Dogs. So, that's not a movie. That was just the dog sitting weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, like, really excited to hear what show you were watching. I was, like, ready for a recommendation. <laughs> yeah, no, Three Crazy Dogs is just how I describe when I watch the dogs that Argos got called the police on. <laughs> got called whatever grammar is. Someone called the police once uh, while there because the dogs are so crazy that they were like, yo, I think these people need to be arrested and just die. Um, thankfully they didn't kill me because i look white but um Um, yeah don't call the police yeah for dogs barking don't do it on dogs also don't call the police most of the time ever maybe just never call the police nine percent of the time yeah my point is just oh sorry go ahead verb yeah usually you do not need to call the police and especially don't call the police if the person you're calling the police on is not white well even the police were like we asked them to come talk to you, and they said no. It's <laughs> like, whatever. But the point is, it's chaos every time. That's why I call it Three Crazy Dogs. And so thus, I likely missed art history moments that Burb is referring to. I did but, read the book, I promise. But is the chaos rising? Always. But um, bum Yeah, no, I got it. <sighs> all right. I'm anyway. sure listeners really liked your joke, Chris. I, you know <laughs> what? Three I'm, I'm imagining all five of them. With, like, a wry chuckle right now, so. Uh, I'm doing the best at this. (laughs) Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, Thrawn. Like, he is... He doesn't really change that much. 
he is very consistent. He's still like the fucking strategic nerd who sees the things that other people don't see. You know, he always has his like one or two patrons who like him and everybody else hates him. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me in this one, because like in the in the previous Thrawn trilogy in canon, you know, we always get, oh, Thrawn doesn't understand politics, but we never actually get any real evidence of that, like, at all. And it's just kind of like taken on faith that, oh, Thrawn is missing some political aspect of this when it turns out he wasn't and was just playing three-dimensional chess the whole time. But like in this, it actually does feel like he doesn't get it. Like with his like not understanding what it means to be a myth when he's a kid to his like kind of consistent underestimating what his and other ruling families can do to him when they're mad at him, like, and like not caring that like the myth aren't supporting him. And, you know, we know already, we don't know why, but we know the spring Hawk was taken away from him once. And he is still like, yeah, let's just go fucking shoot some people. I love that. They do let him have it back like this. I mean, he, he's kind of got a, a one track mind in that way. Like he doesn't consider, you know, the, the political aspects, but he sees the logical solution, the logical way to go about things. And it's just like, oh, this is the way. Um, that is not what they say on Mr. Chiss planet. That is Mandalore. But, like, it is very consistent with what we see in the previous trilogy. And I really, um, I think it's just great to, like, see it in a younger Thrawn. He's still like, I'm not going to obey these orders. I'm going to do this other thing because I know it's going to work better and you're going to like be okay with it later, but also kind of mad, like a happy and sad at the same time situation because we would have lost this battle otherwise. Yeah. That was theoretically a coherent point. No, it was. I was just nodding. Yeah, no, it made sense. Just giving it some breathing room to land, you know? Oh God, that's what everyone needs after I say shit. Time um, to absorb the full impact. I don't know how to take that, but okay. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. So. Yeah. Um, if I can stay on my Thrawn high horse, that is two Casey Musgraves jokes. Thank you very much. Um, Are there horses? Yeah, I, d- I didn't. That was, yeah, no I'm name dropping song titles oh, from I Golden Hour. I understand her Casey Musgraves jokes, but I was really wondering if there were any horses. No. In the Chiss planet, no. I was gonna say in the book. Well, there or? probably is. I don't know their lives. Maybe we'll find it in the art gallery. Maybe there'll be a painting of space horses. <gasps> space horses. Could be. You never know. <laughs> Maybe Thrawn is actually a horse girl. God, that would make so much sense if Thrawn was a horse girl. I could see that. Yeah. A space horse girl. Yeah. He's a space horse girl. Um. <laughs> so. Another thing that's, like, really consistent about him, and that is, I think, even more interesting to see about him at this younger but undetermined age, is that, like, he really has kind of the same leadership, the same mentorship style. Like, he's got a pre-Eli, Eli Vanto character on the Springbok, what's the ship called? Springhawk. Spring Hawk. It is not a spring Hawk. Spring Hawk. 
No, Springbok. Like the thing? No. No. I don't know what that is. Okay. Cool. Um, But it's that same thing where, like, he's kind of got one or two people identified where he's doing these things and he's talking partially through decisions that are being made in meetings. And then he kind of, like, looks at the more junior officer and, like, gets them to kind of talk through the reasoning, which I I just really like because, like, that's how I learn. Um, so I really appreciate seeing it in Star Wars. But Yeah, we do very much see his, like, early inclinations to foster talent and not in a, you know, kind of chist political way where they just want the glory, but in a... I see competency and potential in you, so I am going to nurture that. Yeah. Or in a really, like, warm way, which is kind of surprising. You don't expect people to be, at least I, maybe I'm just a terrible human being, but I don't always expect people to be warm and understanding and things if they are also very strategic. I kind of think of those as being generally mutually exclusive qualities. Um, not for everyone. Sorry, Mom. My mom's a warm person who's strategic. But um, anyways, uh, I don't always think of those as going together. But then, especially in like a military, like your job is strategy and figuring shit out. Um, but we see him, everyone he, he talks to from the time that he's like a young cadet or whatever to the time that we see him so far in the timeline. He's just always very open to considering other people's perspectives and making them comfortable. Miranda just put in the chat that she's offended about something astrological. Um, I will let her speak for herself and her people. No, I'm just saying the warm and strategic thing not being a possibility and those two things being mutually exclusive is rude. I said generally. Because some of us are Capricorns, okay? <laughs> That's an astrology joke. I'll, I'll go back on I have like I have like six jokes in my head to in response, but I don't like know for sure enough about astronomy to say any of them. Because like you I just called it astronomy. Did I? Astronomy is the real <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, that's the real one. Astronomy is like the actual stars. That's the real one. Astrology is the let's there think about go. human characteristics and yeah. use them. Everything I know about astrology, I have just picked up like via osmosis in for the most part in our group chat. So <laughs> they're gonna say just from Kate. Well, yeah, okay. that's 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 the other half for sure. Uh, so I don't know enough to drag you right now, Miranda, but just know that I want to. That's fair. I always deserve to be tracked. Um, anyway, Rana, you were you were making a point about the warm and fuzzy mentorship. Oh, yeah. No, that was my whole point. It's not really a point. Just that I really like that he, despite the fact that he could be like, look, I got out of where I was and I have to prove myself and therefore I'm a cold bitch. Um, instead, he is very open to making other people comfortable when it's reasonable and open to making people feel heard and included in his strategies. And I think that's a good quality. To kind of continue on with your point, Rana, I absolutely agree. And I think it's interesting that we see, you know, kind of the two people that Thrawn cultivated in the previous Thrawn trilogy were obviously Eli, um, which we all should have finished our drinks if we are doing a drinking game when Bird mentioned Eli. Um, (laughs) But also... The asshole guy whose name I can't remember from Treason. Um, the one who was, like, obsessed with Krennic. I don't remember him, but wasn't there um, some lady officer that I was gay for? Yes. Her, too, although she didn't get recruited to the Ascendancy the way that this dude did. 
He was like Krennic's assistant, and then Thrawn was Did like. Did he get recruited to the Ascendancy? I thought it was just Eli. No, he got recruited to the Ascendancy as well. And the way he like got him to go was because like, yeah, you've had a fun, you've had an easy time hiding the way you feel about the Emperor from Krennic. You're not going to be able to do that with Vader in charge of the project now. Yeah, fair. And so this dude was like, I would prefer not to die, so I will go. <laughs> um, but we do see that that similar dynamic of like, you know, we have some people who Thrawn really likes and like has a positive relationship with. But also some people who he's kind of antagonistic with, but who he still treats with a lot of respect. You know, like that guy who is Krennic's aide, who I just cannot remember his name. It was, it was like Roland something. I don't know. It was a very, like, pompous name. I see him, Roland. Oh, God. <laughs> I we cut really that. appreciated that one, cut that? No, no, no. We need to keep that. <laughs> I immediately in my head started going down this, like, spiral of chameleon air through Star Wars, so... Any horrible jokes that Miranda makes are not getting cut so that she can suffer. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But it is interesting because we see um, with Thalius and uh, Cherie, the Skywalker, who I don't know if I'm pronouncing that the way it is. Did anybody listen to the audiobook? No. I was reading it as Sherry, but that's probably not right. Sherry also works. Because I didn't read it, so... Uh, if I read it, I will let you guys know. Um, either way, however, however the Skywalker's name is pronounced. Um, but we also see, uh, what's the, like, junior, the junior, Samacro. Uh, like, he is extremely hostile to Thrawn, but he's also competent. And we see Thrawn kind of nurturing that. Um, like, you know, from the get-go where Samacro's like, is he just trying to bait me into being stupid? And where it's like, you know, us readers who know Thrawn, like Thrawn's not subtle. Like (laughs) Thrawn is telling you a hundred percent of what he thinks at all times. So like it is, we see both of, we see rather both of those scenarios play out in this trilogy as well. And as Rana was saying with that, like nurturing aspect that isn't even always reciprocated. Can I just say real quick? I think that Sammy guy is the one I was thinking of uh, when talking about the mentoring, because like that is the very obvious character who Thrawn is absolutely nurturing, like those thought processes, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we haven't talked about Thalius or Sherry yet. I feel like we can probably hold those till next week because we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more about them. Um, but Thalius is. Really an interesting character, for sure. I feel like so far they've given us this little tiny glimpse into her personality, and I cannot wait to deep dive into what else is going on in her head. Because I can tell there's like this huge gap, and I we see this little tiny bit and a couple hints at other things, and yeah, I'm very excited to hear about that. Yeah, it's we only got a little bit of her, but like seeing somebody who is a former Skywalker, and like she's clearly intelligent and like pretty street smarts about going through the world you know she manages to talk her way on to the fucking springbok and um (laughs) sorry like i have so many questions about her i just want to know more i can't wait can we talk about the fact that that rule is called momish or uh, maybe it's momish but it's so funny to me like you just couldn't think of something like Mom-ish people. It's it is so Tim's on like early nineties sci-fi of like 
it's something, but it's in space, so let's change a letter. <laughs> it's like, it's very much go to your room, but like, ish. Eh, I don't have real power here. That is the funny part. And like, and we can talk about that on a future episode as well. We can make a note, but like, people giving orders when they don't really have power. <laughs> and it applies to Thalius, and it also applies to Thrawn in some capacities, as well Always. as we'll see. It applies to most characters in Star Wars. I feel like that's a good place to leave it. Let's let's keep them wanting more. No one ever wants anything more from Book Wars. They always want less, for the record. That's true. That's true. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's the right <laughs> line to go with either. Just do do less. Just the Paul Rudd clip. Every time we every time we record, do less. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Next week we're gonna continue reading Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. Uh, of course, this book has interludes, which makes it very difficult to tell where we're reading to, but we are reading through the Memories 4 section through the Memories 7 section. So Memories 4 starts right after, uh, right after Chapter 5, which is what we just read, and Memory 7... I want to say it's after chapter nine but i could be making that up so just it bothers me that those don't line up uh yeah I, it's it's and i get why yeah it's annoying thank uh, you for coming to my ted talk yeah anyway if you have the means and want to donate to something please donate to the texas equal access fund at tfund.org and then after that if you you know are just money bags over there and want to give us some support as well feel free to donate to the tosh station radio patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. It helps us cover our hosting and production costs, uh, which in turn helps support Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony, because then we get to use your money for our hosting and production costs instead of ours. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design, and our audio and production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. Thank you for listening to this episode like of The Pod. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pod. For Miranda, Rana, Kristen, Kate, and myself, we'll talk to you next week. Well, that happened. It sure did.